Now this morning we are in Ephesians chapter 1 again, talking about forwarding God's care. And this section is about God's care received. And the first two or three chapters of the letter to the Ephesians focuses on how God has sent His care to us. And we are the recipients of His care, of His grace, of His love. And this is especially expressed in these verses that I'm going to read for you now, starting with verse 15. Paul has expounded upon all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ in these first verses. And then he says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly majesties, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. God's caring context, the environment in which he communicates his care, is primarily his relationship with us, and secondarily his, our relationship with others. So the great commandments are love God and love your neighbor, and in these relationships you will discover the mighty grace and care of God. And you will also forward that grace to others. My mother said to me when I saw her last, Mary asked about you, and she smiled. And I smiled too. I can't remember seeing Mary in the last 52 years years. She was 22 when she and her husband moved to Fort Bliss and they joined our church. And my mother had five little boys in step stairs. And Mary said, I'm going to make David the special interest of my love. And she did. 
In fact, she bought me a sailor suit when I was a boy. I have a picture of it here. I am five. You see that sailor suit? I don't know if I'm happy about wearing it or not at that time. But Mary bought me that. Now, I haven't seen Mary for 50 years, but I've thought about her. She left her fingerprints on my life. I think they are pretty deep. She built a bridge from her heart to mine intentionally and on purpose when I was just a little boy and made me feel special. And more than 50 years later, she still asks about me. And I feel blessed. I'll bet you there's somebody who asks about you when they see your mom, your dad, your brother. And when you hear they've asked about you, it warms your heart. It means something to you. There are people I suspect that you ask about. When you're having conversations with family members, you say, and how is so-and-so because you took a special interest in him or her? When she was seven or eight, you sat down with them and decided you teach them some scripture and pray with them and be to them a mentor. I'm telling you now, brothers and sisters, these relationships are not accidental. They're on purpose. They are not peripheral to the call of God. They are central to the call of God. God has called you into relationships with people. He intends for you intentionally to build those bridges. It is the work of your life that will last forever. The other stuff you're building will not last forever, but the relationships you are building are things you will enjoy in this life and the next. And it is in these relationships that God extends His care. Give thanks for growing relationships. The apostle, the great apostle, the one and only apostle Paul, writes and says, I thank God for you every time I think about you. I don't know if you have a relationship where somebody does that for you, but Cliff Barrows and his wife, have done that for me since the storm. I will never forget when I got a call in my cell phone and the minute he said, Hello, David, I recognized the voice of Cliff Barrows who led the music in the Billy Graham Crusades all those years. We have received cards from them. He has remembered to pray for us. When we talk to him, he knows our names and asks the right questions. He's like the Apostle Paul was to these Ephesians in my life. One of the reasons that big placard is out there in the link with the pictures of the Billy Graham event is because when that happened shortly after the storm, I knew God's care. And I thought, God cares for us, and He sends His choice servants here, and He puts them on this platform. He lets Billy Graham talk to us. And Franklin Graham, his son, He lets Cliff Barrows sing for us. And George Beverly Shea sing, His eye is on the sparrow. Right here, in this room, for us. Why? 
Because he cares for us. That's why I have never felt so cared for by the Father in heaven as by those servants. I remember the Apostle Paul down in a moment in his life, depressed in a moment in his life, uncertain in his old age. And he says to the people who love him, Oh, I was feeling so bad, but God, who comforts the depressed, comforted me with the coming of Titus. God comforts the depressed, and he comforted me through sending his servant. You know what that feels like? You've been on the receiving end when God's servant showed up and you knew God's ministering to my heart. This is just what I need right now. This is God, the activity of God in my life. Your face, your heart, your words, just your presence tells me God cares. It shouts, God cares about me. And you've been on the other side too. When you showed up to discover that for somebody, you were the face of God, the hands of God, and the love of God. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to give thanks for growing friendships. This is what God is up to in His church. He is connecting people. In vital connection, who care for one another intentionally and on purpose, who go to the hospital, who deliver food after babies are born, who make the call and ask the right questions and pray for one another. This is what God is doing in His church. It's the community which He is building, and it is modeled after His loving relationship for us. God delivers His care. Personally, in his son Jesus. And he intends for us to deliver our care personally. And there's nothing like it. There's nothing like going personally in the moment of need and being the person who is the channel of God's grace. Janet was playing on the piano this morning. We get up early on Sunday mornings and she was playing that old hymn. Make me a channel of blessing today. Make me a channel of blessing, I pray. Hey, that's a good prayer. Lord, make me a channel of blessing. Are you giving thanks for the relationships God is growing in your life? Are you consciously building bridges to deliver God's care to others? It is in the relationship that God delivers his care. Remember to pray. He says here, always remembering you in my prayers. You see that in verse 16? I'm remembering you in my prayers. Now, The Apostle Paul offered prayers. He often wrote prayers. 
we are going to see the content of his prayer right here in this passage I've read. But there are other prayers which he records as well in his letters. He was a man of prayer. Are you a person of prayer? Do you talk to God? Let me suggest that you put reminders in your daily life about talking to God, that you make it structured so you can remember. Maybe your rememberer is like mine, not as good as it used to be. And so you need some notes, some landmarks along the way in your life, like when you get in the car and you start it. It's when you pray. And you make the journey, the commute, a prayer unto God. Or when you sit down in your chair at work, you pray and commit that day unto God. You build into your life these markers of prayer so that you offer prayer unto God throughout your day. Let me tell you, it'll bless your life. Hey, God delivers His grace in prayer. God delivers His care to you in prayer. It is why He gave you the gift of prayer. If you were to ignore this gift of prayer and go happily on your way without prayer, you would miss God's great blessing in your life. You would be ignoring the great way that He brings His spiritual blessings unto you through prayer. So be a person of prayer. Even write down your prayers like the Apostle Paul did. Do you have a journal? Do you have some way that you write down prayers? You ought to do that. I have periodically done it in my life. I have a big, thick book of just empty pages that contain nothing but prayers. One after the other after the other. Now, I guess, hundreds of pages of prayers offered unto God. Write them down. Chronicle them. Read them sometimes. Flip back through. See what you've prayed for and what God is doing. Paul wrote down his prayers. Keep asking, like verse 17 says. Keep asking. You see that? Keep asking. That the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. We've been singing about eyes this morning. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. You know that there's more to your sight than an eyeball and an optic nerve. You know that, right? There's a lot more to your sight. In fact, that optic nerve delivers these millions and millions and millions of bits of information. I have no idea how. It comes down that little funnel all scrambled together. When it gets to your brain, your brain deciphers it all and turns it into pictures. I don't know how that happens, but I know this. That the mental part of your vision is even more important than your eyeball and your physical equipment to see. And how often have you taken a picture when everything was in view and when you looked at the picture that you took, you said, oh, I didn't know that tree was behind there. I didn't see that bicycle there beside him. Now that I see the picture, it's amazing. 
the context. I was just thinking about the faces. And you didn't even see it because your brain is selective. It filters all the information. You can't take all the information that comes in. The brain filters it and turns it into those pictures. And you edit it as it comes. And that mental process and the process by which you comprehend and understand all that information, that is the eye of your heart. It's how you process the information the eye delivers to you, how you see the world. Now, let me tell you, I took a picture at a dark sunrise. I was up early and took this picture right here of an early sunrise. The camera, when I took the picture, it just kind of went click. You know how it does when there's hardly any light? Hey, don't you enjoy that view? About 10 minutes later, I took this picture. Whoa. (laughs) See the frost on the grass? All the details beginning to spring, you beginning to actually see what's the difference between the two pictures. It's light. I'm telling you, you've got to let the light shine in your heart. You live in the dark too long and you think the world is a dark and dismal place. You can, as an individual, turn your eyes into the dark place of life and assume that the whole world looks just like the bleakness that you feel. And if that happens to you, I'm telling you, if it happens to you, you have misconstrued the world and you are believing a lie. The world is not simply about death, pain, and suffering. It's not true. The world is not just a place where people suffer. It's not a pointless, meaningless journey. If that's where your heart is gone and your mind is gone, you are blinded. That's not true. Jesus is the fundamental truth of this universe. That's why he said, I am the way and the truth. And if Jesus Christ is the truth, the fundamental truth of the universe, then this world is full of light. It is full of hope. And God is good every day. And you can live in his goodness no matter what comes. And I'm not just saying, you know, forget all the black and just pretend like everything's great. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying pretend anything. I'm saying get a clue. The way you get your light in your heart is you connect in vital relationship with Jesus and you let him be the filter for what those eyes of yours see. And if you will let that happen, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And you will see the hope to which He has called you. Hey, you've been called to hope. Don't you give up. Don't you give up, sister. If you let God shine His light in your heart, you will see the hope to which He has called you. Look, the Apostle Paul's praying for these people. They're having a hard time, some of them. He's saying, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you can see the hope to which He has called you. 
He's saying, well, he's just talking about heaven, you know, and sweet by and by we shall... Well, he's talking about that. Yeah. He's also talking about in the here and now, the hope to which he has called you. Don't you be the doomsdayer. Don't you be the naysayer. You've been called to hope. And it is an eternal hope. It's a never-ending hope. It is a hope that is good in the here and now as well as in the by and by. Live in that hope. It's your calling. It's your calling at work. It's your calling in your family. It's your calling in your marriage. It's your calling with your children. Don't you pass on them to them a black and bleak picture of your world. That's not your calling. You've been called to hope. Take it in. Take a big, big breath of hope. This room is full of hope. Because the Holy Spirit fills it up. I prayed He would. Just take a big breath of hope. I mean, let the eyes of your heart be enlightened, brother. God loves you. You've been called to hope. You might see the hope of His calling and know the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. God's got some riches for you that money cannot buy, that thieves cannot steal, that rust cannot destroy, that inflation cannot devalue. And if you live in these riches and in the joy of these riches, you will go on your way with abundance every day because you discovered what's really important. I want you to know the riches of his glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power to us who believe. God has an incomparably great power for you. Sometimes we separate our faith from power. And we assume that our faith is to comfort us in our weakness. But listen, this is an incomparably great power to you who, what? Believe. Now, that's a mighty word. He doesn't say, to you who have beliefs. You may be sitting here going through your mind the checklist of things that you believe. I believe God is omniscient. I believe He's omnipotent. I believe He's omnipresent. I believe that Jesus is both God and man. You know, I believe in the Holy Trinity. I believe in the virgin birth. And you're checking through all the things, all of your belief. That's not what He's talking about. He's talking about the verb believe. He's talking about you living in the present, trusting God in the moment, letting Him energize your life with faith to move forward. He's talking about the process and the determination to move forward, trusting God. All of you who believe, God delivers His incomparably great power. Turn it loose in your life. Start believing that God loves you that he is good, that he has incomparably great power in your life, that the riches of his grace are yours to claim, that you've been called to hope. Start believing it. Start living in it. Start walking in it. That's the word believe. Faith is not a noun as much as a verb. It's not emotion. It's motion. It's you trusting God. In the moment of your need. Now, 
God intends for you to expect resurrection power in your life. Look at what he says. That power at the end of verse 19, that power which he just spoke about, this incomparably great power for you who believe, the power to live, the power to change things, that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I don't know of another power that's greater than this. This is God's mighty power. I was talking to the saints last week on Sunday morning in chapel. And I talked to them about the power that comes from God. And I told them all power comes from God. Jesus has all power and authority in heaven and on earth. Bobby McRae is able to smash into Kurt Warner because God gave him the power to do so. All right? It's the only reason that can happen. And I know Kurt Warner's a believer, and now he believes in the power of Bobby McRae, right? Well, all power in the universe comes from God. Some people use their saws all, all their life. I had a tree fall down in my yard when the big storm came through, the big high wind, and the tree fell down. Hit the front of the car, didn't do much, just a little scratch. But I had to get rid of it. I called for saws, they were on the way, but I got out my saws all, and all I could get was a little twigs, you know. And Robert, pretty soon, he brings his electric saw, his electric chainsaw. It's got this high little wind, it's kind of a feminine little wind to me. You know? And then Wayne Labatt arrives with his chainsaw, 16 inch, you know. And I went after that tree and I cut it all the way to the stump. Melted right through it. See, it just depends on what you want to do with your life. You want to cut twigs? Is that what you want to do? That's what you can get done. Or you want God to do something amazing in you. You depend on your own strength, you're going to be cutting twigs all your life. But you let God's immeasurably great power be unleashed in you. And there is nothing God can't do through you. Think bigger. Dream bigger. God can do through you amazing things and that's why he's deployed you into this world and where is he unleashing this power in his church in his church 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 of Jesus Christ listen to me God's unleashing his power here I want you to I want you to get it did you hear about Heath Evans talking to Reggie Bush did you hear that? How many of you heard that? Okay, Heath Evans is only here doing his rehab because the administration of the saints said, we want you here, we want you in the locker room. And so I heard yesterday one of the commentators say that, that Heath Evans got in Reggie Bush's face, here, uh, face a while back and he said to him, look, you bench press 350 pounds. 
You know, you crouch, lift 550 pounds. He said, you can run over people. He said, you turn it loose. You let those linebackers be thinking, is he going to run over me or is he going to run around me? I think that Heath Evans' speech to Reggie Bush made a difference yesterday. I never saw him play like that. I think he realized maybe, hey, there is a lot of strength in these legs. Yeah. Gosh. What you could do if you would let God unleash his resurrection power in your life. If you would believe in the goodness and grace of God and his care for you. What would happen to you? Jesus is the highest authority and power. He has been exalted over every title that has ever been given in this life or the next. Caesar Augustus. He takes the title Augustus. And God just laughs in his heaven. I don't know if Dr. Hayashi is here. Are you here, Dr. Hayashi? I want you to hear his testimony sometime. Nobu. He was a boy in World War II Japan. When the United States dropped the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And he, as a boy, thought the emperor was God. And invincible. That was the Shinto religion. And he heard the emperor surrender to the Allied forces. And he told me, as I heard his testimony, my world fell apart. And that next week, he sought out a Christian church in his neighborhood. And linked up to the one whose name is above every name. Who has the highest title in this world and the next. When you know Jesus, you know the boss. You believe it? It's incomparably great power for we who believe. Let's bow together. Why don't you reach out to God right now? Maybe you have been hopeless and just feeling at the end of your rope. Would you just reach out to the power beyond yourself and say, Lord, here I am. I need your strength. I trust in you. I'm believing in you. Carry me through this time. Maybe you've never known Christ as Savior and Lord. What a day to say, God, I want you in my life. I believe you died on the cross for me, Lord Jesus. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I invite you to take over and take control and be my Lord and Master. God, do your work in us, we pray. In this moment of decision, in Jesus' name. Amen.